0: What up, this is Yinka Diz. Peace, this is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast.
1: And today we got something new for y'all, which I'm very excited for. Um, Yinka has been disgruntled at the fact that (laughs) I don't listen to a lot of West Coast music. And in fact, there's actually a lot of hip hop music in general that... I probably haven't heard for a number of different reasons. If you're familiar with this podcast, you know that I listen to a lot of different things and not just hip hop. Mm -hmm. And so Yinka has been wanting to have certain conversations about some of this music that I miss. So he suggested that we do a new topic called Put You Up On That. And
0: today's Put You Up On That is? Is uh, Exhibit 40 Days and 40 Nights. Uh, And it just also happens to be right around the time. What was it like 19 years ago that this record dropped?
1: i think it is uh i forget i know it's
0: 1998 i don't have the actual uh august 25th 1998 this album okay this album dropped um and uh i just think it's a particularly relevant um album for lots of different reasons um and but uh west coast album um i think the liquid crew is really important we kind of talked about that in a salute me or shoot me type of fashion uh, in the past so who is in the liquid crew um king t is okay. the uh is the founding member of the of the liquid crew uh you have the alcoholics you have uh exhibit uh phila agony defari um and then the dilated peoples are actually kind of um tangentially related as as well they're like affiliates so who are and who's um, in the alcoholics um, um so tash okay um i think you know you're familiar with tash. i am familiar with tash. um e-swift uh, oh
1: rico rico rico, tash. rico oh, yeah uh, yeah right. he's
0: puerto rican um, and then uh, E Swift as okay. a producer and J Ro is the other MC.
1: Okay, so that's what that's what I was also gonna
0: ask. Who right. are the producers that are, I guess, in the Liquid Crew? So um, E Swift from from that group uh, is the main cat. Um, you also have Madlib because Loop Pack was actually initially uh, uh, is, was Madlib's initial group, okay. and uh, he was their group was kind of tangentially related to the Liquid Crew. Um, Interesting. They have Where's Madlib from? Group. Um, He's from Oxnard, California. Did I know that? uh, That's north of L.A okay um so i'd say those are like the main cats and then you have like a bunch of affiliated cats like butta and mailman and a lot of st- guys who you'll hear from around um you know sir jinx like the guys that you'll hear that that did a lot of um of ice cubes material when he left nwa sir jinx um, is on this right yeah sir jinx is all over this one he did he's the one who um, did chamber music yeah all right he, we'll get into that he did a lot of we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that, that. So, um, but yeah, man, I, I, this album, I mean, we, we I'm kind of bouncing all over the place, but I think this album is really important, and so I'm, I'm glad that you took the time to listen to it. And of I'll course, of course, I, I'm glad as well. Uh, we'll get my thoughts and feedback on it in
1: a second, but I'm mm-hmm. curious, you know, where were you when this came out? You know, it's '98. Right. And we've had several episodes where we talk about the year 1998, but let's yeah. just rehash for our listeners.
0: Yeah, man, the, the where were you for this album is actually. I think really formative for me. Cause you know, like I said, I probably really started to fall in love with hip hop in 97. And so 98 was, you know, like I was, it was like the peak, you know, culmination. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to still the radio because there's a lot of radio. Um, and uh, there's the wake up show on the, the West coast. Famous. So we have Sway, and King wake tech. This is sway back before the, um, you sway. ain't sway got sway. the answer sway. How, how sway. <laughs> you <laughs> ain't got the, the original answer sway. sway. Um, And then uh, Big Boy in the Morning, who uh, Big Boy now is syndicated and they, you know, he does a lot of different stuff like that. So I remember um, hearing about this album on a radio show Um, and, you know, the dudes were saying, yeah, you know, this dude exhibit. And I'd I'd heard his name, you know, affiliated with Corrupt and with, you know, the Dog Pound and people I was listening to with Cali. Um, And so, you know, then I hear that they're saying, yo, this might be the West Coast album of the year. Okay. So in my mind I'm like okay you know I want to check out see what this is and and so that's where I was um this is also the year I hear Eminem for the first time okay um and uh around this time I hear Eminem. somebody came to me uh we were just starting so'm I'm, I'm just starting high school mm-hmm. um I'm uh, it's just like the summer like right transitioning into my freshman year of high school um and so i I bump into this kid and he's also uh, you know ahead and he's like, yo uh the best rapper in the world is a white guy he was on a wake-up show last night and so he's playing this you know. Broke the broke rubber, the rubber yeah. or busted another brother, like you know. Joint freestyle, he's having little brother. And I'm like, yo, this guy's crazy. So he, wait, that freestyle I, was back in '98. Um, I think that was in '98. Man. Yeah, either uh, way, that's that's one of my favorite joints. Yeah, all, but all those he was on yeah, a, yeah. Te- a tear where he was just killing everything. Oh yeah. it was. Nice. And this Slim nice. Shady EP was out already, the which, EP, which yeah. I hadn't not heard. The, not, the LP, not the LP, the EP. Right, the EP. So he had like some joints, and and they were talking about him on the radio, Swaying King Tech and stuff were saying yo this guy's working with dr dre now mm-hmm. you know he's about to you know be big or whatever so that's a,
1: that's a good political um,
0: or not the good business mind of uh, dr dre and the last thing i want to mention is um um lauren hill's album may have came out the same day um, did it so it probably, so, you know it might have yeah. so right around this time lauren hill's music is everywhere um and so she is like really cracking yeah august 23rd so so actually kind of to tell to tell the story I, the reason I looked these up is because um, I was like I said I was a freshman in, in high school when I first heard this stuff um, I saw the what you see is what you get video mm-hmm. um, it was groundbreaking for me um but of course back then you had to save up your money and get albums this is true so so maybe about a month after this album had already come out, um, you know, I, I got my money up and I was ready to buy it. And on that day, I picked up three albums. So I picked up I picked up Exhibit 40 Days and 40 Nights. I picked up uh, Jay-Z volume two, Hard Knock Life, which that that album was ubiquitous at the time. Like mm-hmm. that song at any given time at my high school, after school, you would just see all these cars roll up. All the cool kids that had hey, that, cars. That bass drum on that joint is ridiculous. Are, the bass line is so crazy. Shout, shout out to 45 King. Um, but yeah, that, that bass line was so crazy and you would just hear it. every car either had Lauryn Hill or Hard Knock Life coming out of it. Yeah. All of them. Um, and so, so those two albums I picked up and the third album I picked up, which had just come out was Corruption by Corrupt. Okay. I didn't have enough money to buy three albums that day (laughs) so i was at kmart i was with my mom talked to my mom i said yo can i can i get some money my mom was like no i think actually she did give me some money i think i had money for one album and she gave me the money for the other one i was like yo this is a loan so i don't know if you remember back then you had layaway Mm -hmm. so i put corruption on layaway and i and i walked away with these other two albums. Okay. Um and actually Ken Dog, the homie who was on right. on uh i told you about how we used to trade mm-hmm. tapes. So Ken Dog bailed me out of the hole. He said, "Yo, I'm gonna buy Corruption and I'll tape it for you." And then you just make me a tape of I think I had like Jail Felony and 40 Days and 40 Nights. Okay. So uh so yeah, i i bought these two albums at the same time and that's actually the reason why i turned i turned to check these out. So okay. so where were you? So where was I? I'm starting up my sophomore year in high school
1: and I'm pretty big into like hip hop, right? Like I'm starting to break dance a little bit. Um, I'm doing my tagging, although I'm not actually tagging on any walls, (laughs) which... I wish I was a little bad boy, rebel <laughs> like that. Um, I wish I was actually more of my namesake in so, high school. So where were you tagging?
0: Were you, you, I you was like just tagging in notebook. my notebook. Okay.
1: And this is back when I was doing like a lot of portraits, mm. right? Like I was, I would, I would draw like, like I think the first person I drew was actually oh, right. Um the joint is kind of sick in yeah. fact I might even have to share it on the on were the you like babies. the type of
0: guy that like you would sit in class and you would see somebody and you just like draw them nah or, I would I would take it would a picture of the like magazine okay. and I would just well I would take like the yeah. album cover and I would just draw it right and
1: then um, so I had this binder and I had like all my, my graffiti in there with my portraits in there and stuff right Um, and I would go around like showing people and like, I ain't gonna bullshit. Like I was just bragging. I was just showing off how talented (laughs) I was. The joint's
0: nice. I mean, I've seen some some of your t-shirts and stuff. All
1: right. So that's what I was doing. I was also rapping and um my lyrics were all, uh, were okay mm-hmm. but they were heavily influenced by the Wu-Tang and around this mm-hmm. time I was really really
0: really anticipating that to catch. yo did did you have did you have an embarrassing rap name that we can hear about on here like nah my, outlaw the hellraiser nah it was just it was just professor
1: outlaw <laughs> right? professor. the reason why that was so funny though is because like I mean you hear me talk like I was a smart ass. like I was uh, a person who thought he was smarter than everybody else I probably uh, still think that way you know <laughs> I'm still a dickhead uh, so um but yeah so it was just like professor the outlaw, or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, Koi used to rap too. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was a ghostwriter. So, ghost anyway, rider. So, like, or like, no, I think he changed his name to like Yukon Cornelius. I, I didn't understand it. Yukon Cornelius, yeah. I don't even know that. that yeah, okay. um, shout out to my man, Calmont. He used to, he used to rap with us as well. We had our own little group, we were freestyling and stuff. So, anyway, yeah. but yeah, um, that's kind of where I was. And I was at the, the hip hop space where it was just like for me, it was like a Wu Tang uh-huh. and it was Wu Tang heavy. And this is before I found out about this is before I really knew about Biggie that mm-hmm. well. It's before I knew about the Roots. is before I knew about like Rakim. Mm. And um, actually, I knew about Rakim, but this is back. This is before I knew about like the '80s Rakim. Right. And this is before I knew about like you know most Def or even just how like nice like Jay Z was like mm-hmm. things like that right. Um, but I like like the Rough Riders and, and whatever. Right. So I mean all that stuff was yeah. good. Wait, um, wasn't Rough Riders like '99? No, no that that was that was '98.
0: Cause, uh, cause DMX uh, "Dark and Hell Is Hot" that was like that was ninety eight. That was, was ninety eight as well. Yeah, yeah. But so "Dark and Hell Is Hot" was was ninety eight, mm-hmm. and then the Rough Riders stuff didn't come till a year later. Well, I think DMX had two albums in ninety eight. So either way, like whatever. Well, no, Just, he had two albums in a year, but but the year was different, right? No, nah, so one was February and, and the other 99. was like. Uh, I okay, anyway. uh, it doesn't even matter. Right. Anyway, look, all <laughs>
1: that stuff. That's you know all that stuff was cool, but I was like I was really really into Wu Tang at the time. Right. Um. And so I remember watching the exhibit video, and mm-hmm. what I liked most about it was the editing. I thought the editing was rather unique. Right. I'd never really seen that in a music video before, mm-hmm. um. At least not so. You well mean to, like the executed. first person, the first person, um, angles well, or no? Because what I recall of the video was just like mm-hmm. you would it would go into something and it would kind of like zoom in mm-hmm. and then as you zoom back out, it's in a completely different yeah place. context. And and it, con- it was constantly yeah, doing that throughout the video, and yeah, I remember so thinking that, oh, oh wow, like I really mm. like this video, right. I like this song exhibit, uh-huh. but for whatever reason, I never really got into exhibit like that. Um, right. And he was a person who he'd be featured on track, uh, he'd be featured on tracks tracks and uh, I would enjoy his features but right. I never really just got into him specifically. Right. I, I guess I was just too much into the other stuff that I was listening to. And like we've spoken about before, I mean too there much. was a lot of music <laughs> yeah. around this time yeah. and um and I'm not necessarily listening to everything new cuz mm-hmm. I'm also going back to listen to old like Wu Tang albums. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I don't really have time for
0: the forty days and forty nights. So I just right. I
1: never really got around to it.
0: Okay, that's fair. Um the other thing that's funny that we can just mention in passing is um he his career kinda had a second win with the whole Pimp My Ride thing. And I and I think that, you know, that was like a gift and a curse to him. He probably made a whole lot of money in Hollywood between that and, and movies and stuff that he was doing at the time. But then I think, I think a lot of the younger generation ha- who interacted with him in that way couldn't see him or take him seriously as an MC after that. But so one of my issues <laughs> with Exhibit, uh, and we'll talk about this. Mm-hmm.
1: But I'm not necessarily sure he would have been able to sustain a career anyway. Because for okay. me, I think Exhibit's kind of a one trick pony. Okay. Um, I think that he's got he's got a voice and mm-hmm. he's got a presence. Yeah but his flow is pretty much his flow mm-hmm. there's not enough he's not a dynamic enough influence one mm-hmm. to, for me to 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 you know sustain my attention throughout his career right. but also I'm not sure if he has at least from what I've heard I'm not sure mm-hmm. if he has
0: the talent to really switch it up and evolve like say yeah. like Jay-Z or that's Andre a, 3000 That's definitely a fair argument um I think one of his Strengths is is strength in numbers and I think that's one of the reasons why 40 days and 40 nights is so good Mm -hmm. Because everybody on it is so good. Like the production is so good the features montage one who the fuck is that right? like dude dude i like literally for me at least um because i know he recently tried to come out with something and i saw one of my homeboys was like promoting it or something mm-hmm. like that i guess he just recently tried to put something out maybe a couple years ago but like montage one i had never heard of him he okay. comes on this album he's brilliant on this album in my opinion okay. and then he disappears and like i never hear about him ever again All right. so i have so. some
1: different takes about the features but okay that's fair um we can kind of um, i guess just start getting into it yeah. um
0: I mean, for me... So, I I,
1: I want to say right off the bat, I love mm-hmm. this album. I thought it was really good. Dope. I've listened to it probably about uh, 10 times already. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a track that I skipped, which we'll get into. Oh, me too. From there's, that, one track that I skip. There's, there's one track that I skipped. There's one okay. track um, that I
0: skipped. Maybe our track is the same track. Maybe so. it is. <laughs> uh, But is.
1: We'll get into it. But mm-hmm. what I have to commend them, like... Mm-hmm. The features don't impress me nearly as much as the production. The, the production, production on this is so fucking fabulous. Good. And that yes. intro that uh-huh. chamber music is chamber music, i don't yeah. know where i was that i've uh-huh. never heard this song before yeah i think i've heard like the beat or uh-huh. like the sample of the beat okay in passing okay here and there yeah. but like this beat was just like oh my god like what the oh, fuck when, is I, this? when i was in high it's school
0: amazing i had this album on tape the cassette tape as well mm-hmm. because i think i bought this cd when that when i bought the j joint and then i think i either lost it or it got stolen or something then i went out and i bought the tape and so I had it on tape, and I remember I used to put this tape in the car and just chamber music would come on and it just, in the car, it's just like, boom, 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 yeah, oh, like yeah. it's like, it's hitting you in the chest, like the production.
1: That uh, so, uh that
0: beat is,
1: I've, I've said it before about like perfect beats, yeah. it is a perfect beat. It is absolutely, sonically. You know what's crazy? That's not even arranged. my favorite beat on here.
0: Are you sitting? Uh-uh. I don't know, that joint is, sl- that joint is crazy to me. I love, I love some of the string arrangements on here, like deeper. Um, I love, and then I love. Uh, what is it? Handle your business. That that also has like a string arrangement on it.
1: We well, well, we can we but, can yeah. we can go into it. Is there anything else you want to say about chamber music, though? Uh, yeah. Or should should I talk about yeah, it? Yeah, you know, you talk about it. I just, for me, if I'm gonna put this album on, um, uh-huh. and I just want to hear a couple tracks, I don't feel like listening to the entire thing. This is a must. In fact, yeah. this is something that I probably would even like repeat a couple a couple listen through like while I'm writing if I, if, mm-hmm. I if, I'm, if I'm if I'm in a hurry. Right. I thought the beat. I thought the energy on it was great. Yeah. Um. And you're gonna hear me talk a lot about the music. It's, it's not mm-hmm. that I don't think that Exhibit's lyrics are are like I don't think he's a weak MC at all. Right that's just not what really spoke to me on this album and, yeah, I, and I and i and i listened to it i, I you mm-hmm. know i think he's a good mc like i'm not knocking him yeah but that's not really what spoke to me what spoke to me was just a general energy mm-hmm. and just the feeling yeah um chamber music almost has like a cinematic i feel like yes like it's i wouldn't be surprised if sir Jinx got some notes from dr dre like it's just yeah. that full. well you know they're cousins
0: is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. So, so Sir Jinx is uh is Dr. Dre's wait, cousin. Wait, wait, wait. Was Sir Jinx in straight out of Compton?
1: Was he was he Probably. one of the dudes who's who's in the who's in the beginning when straight out when Dr. Dre's I, like staying at his cousin's place or whatever?
0: Maybe. Was I don't that
1: know. Sir Jinx? It might have been. Oh, and and oh, Ice Cube was in Sir Jinx crew. Yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah. So he's Ice Cube's <laughs> he's Ice Cube's producer who did who did all the Ice Cube's Kill at Will and all the oh, stuff. Oh, that's the same Sir Jinx. Yeah. Okay. And all right. So, so he comes from that person. Dr. Dre yeah.
1: school. Yeah. It shows because because this. This this beat on here is fucking insane,
0: <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, yeah so, I, I, can't speak, so, I can't speak. highly I can't speak enough. So about the, this song. the quick story on Sir Jinx, you know, like we said, when 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 Cube left N.W.A., Sir Jinx kind of rolled with him. Um, he helped him w- w- with the production of Americas, but it was that was mostly Bomb Squad. Mm-hmm. He w- he did one track by himself, and then he you know influenced it. Um, it's in that book that I told you about the Check the Technique. Right, right, right. Um, mm-hmm. He also did Kill It Will in entirety, um, and he kept working with them until um when they started to do more of the lynch mob stuff and Mm -hmm. it was aimed directly at nwa he was saying a bunch of stuff about dre and stuff obviously that's his cousin Mm -hmm. so he was like let me step back like i don't want to be involved in saying all this stuff about my cousin but uh but yeah man cool all in the family so you want to go to the next yeah so
1: then we get into three car molly um
0: this is very important all right i just go ahead and you speak. Alright, so three card Molly actually is the other reason why I really got into this album. Um there was a compilation called Beat Junkies Volume Two. Um I don't know if you're familiar with the Beat Junkies, but the Beat Junkies are like Damn, but like I'm it's it's like DJ Rhettmatic, DJ Melody, like like pretty much all of the dopest like Spinsters of, of the LA scene, mm-hmm. they all kind of put together this collective. And one of the things I always loved about the Beach Junkies is they were so diverse. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think Rhythmatic is like Filipino, Melody okay. was like Hispanic. Like, they, like, they're all, I don't know if any of them are black. Y- you know what though? Right. I mean, that's
1: hip hop for you, baby. right? And, that, they, that's, and they, that's one of the best and things that like hip hop. The music just
0: united them, and they're yeah. all incredible, incredible DJs. And what they did was they would put out these compilations of all like what they would consider like underground hits, and each each um, one would feature like a different DJ. Mm-hmm. So volume two was the first one I encountered. It put me on the Slum Village. Um, I-, I don't know was on that, was on okay. that uh, mixtape. Um, but Three Card Molly was featured on that, okay. on that uh, compilation. And back then, I don't know if you remember, but like this was the only people that were really packing ch- albums chock full of music to the point where you were getting the most bang for your buck. Was compilations and Master P. That was it. Right. Master P was giving you 25 songs of albums, so you're yeah. like, all right, well, fuck it. This it's, it's 10 bucks. I'm getting 25 songs. I'll buy it. Same with like folks that were putting together compilations. So Funk Master Flex. Funk Master 3. Flex was giving you 50 songs on an on yeah. album. Uh, beat dope, junkies, dope tracks too. Cali Kings. And beat junkies taught me a whole okay. lot of stuff about about hip-hop just because i would buy their albums because i saw tracks that i recognized and there was a lot and it was mixed okay so i could appreciate the turntablism and the songs okay so volume two had three card molly on it and i heard that song i had already kind of heard of Rascass and was was a, a fan of him Did soul um, on ice come out before or after this uh, before so soul on ice was 95 and soul on ice was an was an album that we called the west coast O-matic
1: uh i wouldn't put it there from so i haven't listened to the, the entire thing yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I need to i've gotten like
0: halfway through it soul I, on ice was like a record that i wanted us to do but it was just like in case it went to the left to become like a make it a classic <laughs> i didn't want a record that i consider a classic to be the one i wouldn't
1: do it. a make it a classic for for for, for that album yeah. I, I think it's a very important piece of music yeah. um it's a very important piece of just black music yeah. Yeah. um from what I heard, I would not give it an ilmatic. Ilmatic is much,
0: much more musical, and that's that's. I'm not the person who gave it the yeah, that title, but that's what that it's called. It's called the it's West Coast. It's almost like
1: a like, um, a poetic version of lectures. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he is very like essayist. It's very mm-hmm. um, like he's going through like history.
0: Yeah, well, you know especially I mean? on that one song, the nature of the threat. I think right, that's what right, 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 Like But like that's not what the Illmatic production is. is incredible, and I, I, we don't have to go too far mm-hmm. down that down the rabbit hole on that one. But I, I, I love that album, and so. Then you know we get Rascast here. Right. We also get Safir, which I don't know if you're really that familiar with Safir. Um,
1: no, I'm not, but I he was okay on this. Uh because yeah. like I said, I, I think you rate the features a little bit higher than I do. I think okay. that they I think they sound nice. Yeah. In terms of actual lyricism, uh I wasn't all that impressed, but it, it mm-hmm. didn't bother me either. So especially s- given the context at the time, you know, nineteen ninety
0: eight. Right. It, it was fine. It's 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 fairly rapidy rap, but that's kind of the a liquid crew thing. Mm-hmm. Um Saphir, was uh, was an MC from the Bay Area, and he um he had a pretty legendary battle on the radio uh, with uh, an MC called Casual out there. Okay, and so like he's was kind of really well known for this particular battle, um and actually he was also in the plane when there was a there was like a major plane crash that happened like what was the name of the transatlantic airlines or whatever that that airline that had the big plane crash in like the like late 90s
1: when where was the plane crash
0: i don't even remember it might have been jfk
1: no. Oh. Oh. Okay. I I remember there was one like jet. It was like a big a big plane crash. Anyway, wait, was that the one that where they where they got lost
0: in the Everglades? I remember that one. Nah. It, was like, it was like I think jet the crash Blue, was like on a runway or something. But anyway, I remember. he was in that crash. Okay. Um. And I actually recently read an article about him. Um. Apparently, like he refused oh, you mean medical. Oh, the one that's
1: attention. based off of Sully? Sully. The movie Sully. Oh, no, 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 no. 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 Oh, no.
0: Okay. All right. But um, he was in the plane crash. Um he refused medical attention and then i guess more recently you know like back problems have come to him and he's like basically like paralyzed like he's in a wheelchair and so um i guess he was trying to do like natural medicine rather than going the the medical route um and it was working for him for a little while he was doing like acupressure or something like that and then you know lately it hasn't been working for him so that's unfortunate you know prayers up for that brother but um but yeah man so raskas and safir i think we're, we're great on this but uh is a really really dope producer and um we get we get butter right here with that with that track um i loved this song i listened to this song a a million times particularly picture yourself crushing exhibit with your tough talk that's like christopher reeve doing the crip walk that line was a line that like in the schoolyard we talked about that line like i mean <laughs> that was like a crazy line for us but right. i don't know nah,
1: nah, it's a dope track i like it um you're not gonna find many complaints with any of these songs for me right. uh, it's just it was another one i i just remember like i'm hearing chamber music and then mm. this beat comes on and i'm like man dum, like
0: dum, dum, dum,
1: dum, dum. Yeah, it was just like it was just, just yeah. bass lines are incredible okay but yeah anyway so uh, we already talked about what you see is what you get. Now yeah.
0: um, that was kind of the hit. The only thing I'm that was curious, weird, right? It was it was the single and it was the hit. It's so weird. I don't know, what a understand hit why it then. was a single though. I, I, yeah. To me, there's other songs on here that should have been lead singles. I agree. Um, I think the choice of singles were bad. However, that video was so flawless yeah, that I'm was. glad that they put it out there. But you could have done that um, with anything else. What do you mean? I don't know. I think you could have done. I think the. I don't know that. Maybe, that really, uh, maybe what you see is what you what, get. Because right, what maybe. you see is what you yeah. get was the aspect. Like That's so, fine. I mean, just to quickly like talk through the whole joint. It's like you see him and like you know he's he's arguing with his baby mom i guess yeah. or whatever and she sends him to go to the store to go right. get milk and then you're kind of watching him walk from his perspective and then the camera zooms out and you see that there's like people shooting dice on the corner mm-hmm. somebody's selling drugs the cops are here busting somebody right. there's an ambulance like it's just like all this crazy chaos that he's it's, walking it, it's, through it's, it's just to do something so basic as go out and get milk Long story short, he does all of the, this stuff, he goes through, and you keep seeing all these aspect ratio jumps, and then he comes back with the milk or whatever, and then he forgot something. She sends him back to get something else. Yeah, 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 but but it's just such a dope video. Like, there's a couple of videos, in my opinion, that really impacted me, like, around that That's time. That's one of them. That's one of them. Uh, what They Do, by the reason. Okay. Uh, just because it was just like they just embodied everything that i was like thinking in a video right it's like okay. yeah you know these just, uh, cats are all of the, um, trying to
1: philadelphia half-life
0: yeah the, the, all the all the cats trying to you know be gangsters and then they rent they their stuff is rented or whatever mm-hmm. like i thought that that was a really dope concept um handle your business another very good beat love that beat another that's very, that's very like good my, beat. my top three over here
1: um um the snares on that joiner <sighs> The, the side
0: the side snare yeah very good very good very good um the other thing is uh defari on this i thought he was okay i love. i've always loved defari's voice mm-hmm. i think he has one of the dopest voices ever he, he does have he also does have a voice. fun fact um defari throughout these years of of the liquid crew being active and, and relevant um he was a history teacher was a high school history teacher in la interesting um so you know dope that like dude's a, a history teacher who's also releasing albums um i always like the far eye i think i like the far eye more than other people like them so but that is that's i well that could be
1: said about uh, several people on here but that's okay, okay. Well, you want to go straight well, montage into montage
0: one. montage one i was not niggas are null and void i get swole like a keloid to overload your systems with rounds for millenniums Yo, he rips this, jar. especially you as a Wu Tang fan, who <sighs> like, I mean, that's like. That's probably why he I should said be this in a- Wu Tang with that verse.
1: So <laughs> I just thought he sounded kind of corny now, but so here's the thing, I. I in fairness, right? Uh-huh. I think that had I heard this back in '98, I might mm. have your perspective. Yeah. But listening to it now, I'm probably like, eh. yeah. I mean, So I, I,
0: I think that's probably where it's gonna yeah. come from, right? I it's loved just... rap rapping about rap in '98. So funny. and and this was, you know, Montage was right up my alley with with. But that. but
1: here's the thing though, the dope thing uh-huh. about the one, the, the beat is tight. But then you've got uh-huh. that you've got that uh, Shark Regus.
0: Ra- yes, Rayquan on there. Yo, you know, you know, it's funny to tie back to Soul on Ice. There's a there's a skit on Soul on Ice. You probably haven't heard it, but it's just it's just like random between two songs. And uh dudes like, Yo, why you give a fuck if niggas sound like whatever? Why don't you just listen? So I think I think a lot of West Coast MCs, for whatever reason, took you know, that skit to heart. And oh, so yeah. they so I they responded. Heard I heard that, yeah. Yeah, and then he again is kind of responding to that with this song. You you know it's interesting? Um, it's not just the West Coast. It's the South as well. Oh, that and, felt some type of way well, about because
1: that. because think about think about um, UGK when we were talking about um, uh, when we talk about the album UGK. When right. We did the 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 It um, a classic. which right, You all right. should go back and listen to. It's a dope episode of this podcast. But we were talking about stop hating the South or quit mm-hmm. hating the South, and it's the same type of mindset. Yeah. And I think that you know yeah. they i think it's fair that if you're not from new york i can mm-hmm. understand why you would not like new york rappers
0: in a new york perspective i completely get it have you listened to west side connection bow down i have not that's gotta be the next one i'm I have right. to put your on. but uh but there's put, put a song on that. there's a song called new york critics mm-hmm. and it's essentially yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah, you're yeah, saying yeah, I it. Yeah, all y'all critics in the nyc mm-hmm. uh, and i love it i love it because uh, at the beginning of the the joint um Ice Cube, you know, you rule hip-hop. And Mack 10, you know, you rule hip-hop. That ain't how the West Coast rock, nigga. Yeah, Boom. <laughs> just rock. Nah, but, uh, but yeah, this is definitely the, like, we're taking subtle shots at the East Coast song a uh, little bit. It's so It's so um, petty, though. Like, there's really yeah. no reason... If you're
1: man, th- this is why I like people like uh, Chaka Quest, mm. uh, Q uh, Tip, and this is why I like, uh, like even Jay Z. Like Jay Z's mm-hmm. favorite group was Pimp C, uh, was UGK. Right? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, bum, no disrespect, Bumby. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if you're from New York, you should be able to. Or if you're from yeah. anywhere, you should yeah. be able to appreciate what other folks who are doing the sound completely mm-hmm. different from what you're doing. No, and, I, I and, agree. And, 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 and Q Tip was the same way. Like when uh, one of Q Tip's favorite groups is Ghetto Boys. You know what I mean? That uh that mom playing tricks on you. Like that's one of like, you know, the favorite records. I remember him talking about I that. think
0: some of the best West Coast hip hop that we got was created with a chip on our shoulder because people cool people didn't really take anything besides Death Row seriously. And even mm-hmm. Death Row itself, you get, you know, moments like yo. The, the East Coast ain't got, got no, no love for death, Snoop Dogg. Right? <laughs> 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 right. So so I mean, you know, I think that kind of sentiment is what you're getting here. Um but you know, I, I don't know. I like that song, um, and and I, I don't think they dwelled on it too much. I think they just touched on it, and then and, and they just used that, you know, little. Soundbite from shark niggas to kind of yeah. you know let you know what they were talking about i, I
1: like the track though um yeah. and
0: and then here's the thing though we're talking about wu-tang the next track has method man on yeah, it but exactly. i'm upset because there's no method man verse it's just yeah the hook. i know what the fuck, i man? know um, I, you know my, my comment about this this is what they released as the second single Oh, was it? Um, okay. This was a single, and I think they even shot a video for it, um, right. if I'm not mistaken. Um, I will say J.O. Felony had a really big record uh, right around this time. I forget what it was, but uh, I know. I could give it to you, but what, what you gonna, gonna do with it. it? I can give um, it to you,
1: but what but what what I, a, I
0: remember that? I love that song. He was one
1: of the few West Coast rappers that was on Def Jam, right? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, exactly. okay. Yep,
0: he put that album out on Def Jam. And so that's the reason why they're both on this song. Um and that's the reason why Method Man is on that song as well.
1: So we gotta talk about um Felony Verse here. Mm-hmm. If we're going to be, uh I don't know about you. I ain't no simp, I'm no wimp, I'm a motherfucking puke. Yo, but then he also talks about women as his property. Like uh, that's tough, yo. Yeah, Yeah, I man. This is this, this, this. There's some there's some problematic.
0: It's a, uh lyrics on 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 this on this verse. That's there's fair, a but, lot of problematic But, but, stuff but on, you. then you got it. You got to put the entirety of UGK's catalog. To, but here's the, same the thing lens, though, right? right?
1: Here's the thing. Like
0: <laughs> I.
1: I know feminists who love Pimp C. Right. Like, it's just, it's something of, I'm sure Pimp C has a lot of problematic lyrics, yeah. no doubt, but like he also has his way of making pimping sound like something that mm-hmm. women want to do right like the like he he makes it sound like the women that he's pimping want to do that for him right which could be manipulative and that could be bad and that could be problematic but it it doesn't seem as like harmful as this like he's just straight Mm. up telling these women what they're gonna do whether they like it or not it's just like yo
0: yeah i I, mean so i I think my 34 year old ears i can listen to this and be like yeah it's a problem yeah i think with my you know whatever age ears i was probably what 13 14 when this came out probably um you know I, i i didn't like it first of all like i like I didn't dislike it, but I, I just, I didn't need it, right? Like mm-hmm. I feel like this was like, at the time the whole West Coast pimp, I'm a pimp, I don't love these hoes, misogyny yeah. rap was a thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he just put this song on there, like, and put two guys from Def Jam on it. He got Superfly to do the beat. If you're familiar with Superfly, right, that, he's one of my favorites. I think he's super underrated, but his whole thing is like this pimp pimp thing. Like, okay. like he talks about pimp stuff on his, on his music a lot that's what this song was I, I i didn't need this song i don't think the album needed it really well i it, this
1: is not the track that i skipped though i yeah, me neither i listened to the track and yeah. i like it It's cool. um especially when method man comes on there and just the beat it's just a good riding beat yeah the track that i skip I is the next time. one though shrooms i skip shrooms. really so here's the interesting that's thing like about shrooms I skip. Right? so i skipped uh-huh. shrooms yet for whatever reason the uh-huh. before I skip it like I'm listening to the uh-huh. first verse and I find the first verse very relatable it's and Orange Juice not necessarily because of these were things that I was doing at the time but he's uh-huh. you know mentioned about like those the white like, boys white boy shit yeah. and that to me I'm like yo I, I remember what that was like Springfield VA shit right yo, there well or, 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 or Burke more specifically because that's oh, why yeah. I went to high school Okay. and so that verse just kind of listening to it now just kind of uh-huh. reminds me of some of the the people that I knew in high school and their, and their yeah. activities this is not a song that I really huh. care to talk about all that much but okay. if you would like to i'm, I'm open to listen yeah. i just i don't like the track i don't really like the beat right the subject matter is just so i can listen to it one time and
0: after that i don't need to listen to it so again. we script we skip chronic keeping the uh yeah and mm-hmm. so i think you know the, the two kind of play into each other right like this first he's, he's kind of telling you this whole story about how you know chicks always want to come and smoke all your weed and leave so you got to give them all your cheap weed and then you smoke your good stuff and, you, <laughs> and it's like a joke right so i mean was smoking weed and rolling up and all that other stuff is like huge Cali culture stuff so that it almost makes this album a more Cali album just having that interlude I get that um, Shrooms the reason Shrooms is relevant is the sample you know the sample um, Funky Worm Funky Worm is like one of the most like quintessential uh, who's, he, who's the artist I could, I could play it
1: oh okay why not uh, part of we'll just, this, uh, we'll just, cut, just cut, cut it out, out.
0: The everybody knows this sample. This is like take the most take. cali sample there is When I don't think I know this pretty much every west coast record in the 90s had funky Worm. oh on. i can hear it that's definitely yeah. a west coast vibe so for sure. so th- this is a chop and of of funky worm and so you know that's why this song is kind of relevant because it's like they they took funky worm and then he's telling a story over it right okay so um so i mean I, I think that that's important um and you know sir jinx is just a man so okay uh but yeah that's all i have to say about that song it's it's a story they always want to tell a story on an album um, it's fine. It's silly. Uh, next joint, focus. focus. I uh, love this beat.
1: I, I I like this track. I think that this track to me is kind of um, representative of of how I see exhibit in general. Okay. In the sense that the, the even though I like the beat, is very very straightforward. Um, it's not very hmm. imaginative, and it's good. But it's just kind of like, yeah. with 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 the beat and with the hook, focus. Like <laughs> it's kind of this is kind of like a there's not much variation and that's kind uh, of what I think about. That's it's, it's a very very exhibit song at least yeah. how I picture exhibit. Yeah. Um, like I said, you know he's not very dynamic. I think he's kind of a one-trick pony, and I think that this song kind of sums it up. Okay, but I did enjoy the song. Yeah. Again, like I'm
0: not, I'm not hitting on it. I did enjoy it. I enjoy the song, and that, that's just it. I, I, don't, I think you're, you're right, right? It's not, it's not a life changer for me. I really like the, the, the production on the song. Um, I think it kind of reminds me of like something a hip-hop head would work out to.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> I can, see, just that. Like, you I can just see that. You can see yourself okay. lifting weights, like
0: focus <laughs> uh, but that's it um, and then you know this other interlude with uh, him talking to the dude in jail whatever fine but then that leads um, into deeper and then deeper
1: deeper I really like this track because it reminds me back when like um, there, there was an era in hip hop when a lot of up and coming producers were taking uh, samples from classical music because mm. you could sample that stuff and not owe royalties right, to anybody right. it's considered public domain right. and so it, it was interesting. There was kind of two schools of thought. Like one was like, all right, well these are these are dope beats. But mm. the other, there was another school of thought that was saying like, oh well, like you're cheating, and mm. this is like a way for you to get ahead. I, I'm not sure if you were um, privy to that conversation. Not I just so kind much. of remember it, okay. thinking it was kind of silly. Like who cares? <laughs> right, but right. this beat reminds me of that era hip hop, yeah, like yeah, when yeah. you would take uh, string records, in it. I uh-huh. think um, what's the track with EPMD? Eric Simon has a beat. This kind of similar takes that kind of uh, oh the st- symphony.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. I love that boom,
1: boom, bah, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Like um, with this, this is another really, really good track. Uh, yeah, another, like good, uh, another, this is butter so. again. And yeah, every exactly. time
0: you hear, you see Butter's name, when you listen to the bassline, you're like, okay, that makes sense. Um, he did a lot of the Westside Connection stuff. All right, Los Angeles Times. Yeah. So
1: here's the thing.
0: Okay. Uh Funk Master Flex
1: volume three. Yeah. Yeah, Funk Master Flex Three. Yeah, exactly. He's got this track uh with Common on it. Yeah. Common kills it because that's Common what Common was it. doing at the time. Uh, uh. But that beat is this Los Angeles Times beat. Yep. And that's one of the joints that like look, I can listen to that entire Funk Master Flex album yes. all the way through. Yes. But if I'm going from if only if I'm in the car for like twenty minutes and mm-hmm. I gotta like skip the track I'ma skip busy B. Uh, exactly three but the common people. the common track is one of the tracks I always gotta listen yep, to me too and so that beat just goes hard so you can imagine when I heard this beat I'm like what the fuck oh, where was is. I that I did not listen to this album right. because we're going through we're talking about all the beats and this beat is just like oh my god yeah common sense boy (laughs) for the b boys yo so so obviously i'm yo this this track is dope um exhibit is dope on here as well uh i like i like i like the 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 hook um
0: the verse uh, and um i love the ladies the ladies enjoy your stay yeah 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 yeah. this is this is a
1: good a good track
0: Um, um i think also like this is around the time and you get it a little bit in chamber music right where like you got MCs that are um, there are two major events that have kind of occurred in LA history that you know that they're kind of referencing. Um, one being the um, the riots, the, uh, the LA riots, right? Um, and then um, what's the other one that I was going to mention. Oh, the truce. The, uh, the big LA truth there was one in 92 and then there was another was one was Crips and Bloods? Crips and Bloods where they like basically all these events happened in LA history and then you know black folks basically said yo we need to get like us all to unite stop killing each other you know and like all come together Okay. and so I feel like Los Angeles Times is like one of those songs that kind of provides itself as a soundtrack to you know that kind of mentality of it's like good, good LA soundtrack. LA is this cr- you know this kind of crazy place where all of this stuff is going on and so people are seeing, people see the hills and they see Hollywood and they see X, Y, and Z but they don't know, you can see the whole city burning and the cops got Uzi's and the dealers keep serving, you know, all of the and, and at the time, LA had a very terrible education system um, okay. our public school system was the worst in the country, um, has, the has schools, it improved since then? Good question, I, I, I don't <laughs> okay. know, it's been a long time since I have <laughs> been I've been there, but, uh, but um, there was actually a lawsuit that was currently going on where people, I guess, had come to and sued um, the LA Unified School District or whatever um, as a result of the conditions so uh, yeah so I mean uh, I think that 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 record like kind of does provide a soundtrack to to a lot of what was going on um, okay. in LA
1: all right, well, that's that's good to know about Los Angeles towns. Uh, yeah. Los, Los Angeles Times. Like I said, I really like this the tracks. So I had no problem to go back and re-listen to it. And yeah. now with that perspective, I'm going to go back and listen to it again with that perspective.
0: And this has Melman on it. And if you remember, Melman is one of the ghost producers that Dr. Dre used um, for The Chronic 2001. And around uh-huh. that time, Melman was like heavily um, part... It was focused... Um, and Mailman were two names that you would see a lot in the credits under Dr. Dre Produced Records Okay, so we get a Mailman Produced Record here
1: alright um, what do you think about Inside Job uh, first, have we gotten uh, to the track that you skip yet we just got there Inside Job Inside Job gets skipped so here's what I do like about Inside Job I love the kind of like 92-ish sounding beat to right it right. Um, it's kind of got that old school feel to it the story is decent but here's the thing though right there's so many other stories like that kind of sound like this right. that are just better the two that I yeah. can, I, I think of would be from the oppo- opposite opposite mm-hmm. perspective exhibit in this perspective is in the spot and he's getting rushed right, right, right. but there's two other stories. Uh, from Wu-Tang that are much better uh, Shaky Dog off right. of Fish Scale, oh, and man. Spot Rushes off of uh, Only Built for Cuban Links right. those tracks are classics and yeah. those two and, and those are the people who rush the spot and they're victorious at the end yeah. those the, like after hearing those tracks and then listening to this one it's like eh. yeah no this song I, you know, I,
0: I don't even have anything positive to say about it it's fine okay <laughs> All right. Well then, um, let's just get into "Let It Rain," and this man, is going to be a fun okay. track because yeah. this is the posse cut. Yeah, right. And, uh, this is, and you're a
1: big fan of posse cuts.
0: I'm a huge fan of posse cuts, and I'm a huge fan of this posse. Okay. So you know, my original "Salute Me or Shoot Me" had been about the Liquid Crew, and I don't know if you remember, but I discussed it with you, and you were like, "Yeah, I don't really know shit about them. So right, I don't right, care. right, So okay. it was like it was like it wouldn't have even been an engaging discussion for me to even you know raise it, but now that you've heard them, like I think. This kind of gives you that bread and butter of the the whole crew all kind of getting together and getting on a cut. And I, okay. I love this song. I love the beat. I love everything so, about
1: it. I uh, I like the track as well. Um, the beat is dope, and this is one of my favorite exhibit verses. Mm-hmm. Not because of the lyrics. I just love the way he opens it. Like yeah. like the way he kind of opens. It, I'm like, yeah, like this you is actually. You get
0: permanently put on your ass like Teddy Pendergrass, yeah, like, whatever. I... Yeah. Like
1: this this to me is like the exhibit that you hear when. He's featured on a track. Like this is right, that right. exhibit. And so yeah, I yeah. just got that vibe and he opens this up. I'm like, Oh yeah, like I'm I'm feeling this. Yeah. But here's the thing though. Uh-huh. Lyrically, the rest of the track kind of goes downhill. It's not that I dislike it again, because c- I like it all. I like what I heard, but I Man, wasn't I,
0: as impressed with. with I love Tash of... on this song. So and up Tash, next we got the liquid. It's so drunk it's ridiculous. Right. So I, I kind of like Tash. Um, he was also on. He's
1: also th- in fact the Alcoholics are featured on Funk Funk Flex yep. Volume Three. Um, yep. An exhibit is on that track. Um, and this prime song kind of only way to be and a rom yes. sign all
0: that other bull. Keep it moving to, to the, the sideline. Wherever love you it, are, wherever
1: you at rest of it but yeah but that that's a dope track I love and it. tash ripped it on that yeah um to me though i think tash benefits from his he's from i guess his flow his flow his voice his yeah. presentation is so unique it's so dope. um it's so recognizable there yeah. is i haven't heard anyone else who really sounds like tash yeah um and is. so for me he gets props for that yeah but here's the thing though i'm listening to king t mm-hmm. and i understand i get that like
0: he influenced beggy. And you're a Biggie fan? I get that.
1: I understand the comparisons, but like... When the
0: liquid hits my soul yes. like it conceptions yes. of making microphones explode the drunk mode I, I get that exo from a straw K T t broadcast a raw castor, optical intoxication footage of a station scrambling any player hasten cuz some of nah, got I love this verse That's
1: all good I love
0: this verse
1: But he's not biggie like he's just, I mean, he's, just not, he's not he's, not, player, he's not Biggie I don't think
0: you you should That's fine No no that's fine I, yeah. I can't hold
1: it against them but again like yeah. this is me listening in like, 2017 not 1998 So yeah. I think 1998 I would probably Hold it in highest esteem The way you do yeah. But for me I'm just like I, I'm listening to it now I'm Just like man I understand, did he come before Biggie? Like, was this yeah. bro before Biggie? Yeah. That's fine. Look, I, that's fine. I get that. I, I respect him. Like, yeah. I just hear him. I'm just, man, you're not Biggie. Like, I'm
0: sorry. But you're why, like, Biggie. I, I don't has, understand no, no. why it's you're even comparing It's a bias. I'm not, I'm not being yeah. fair right now. I'm yeah. not being fair. I acknowledge yeah. that. I'm not trying to diss him. I'm just saying yeah. something. Yeah, nah, I just, King I T, so, so King T, just to, you know, put in perspective what I really appreciate about him, um, he's... Just like besides founding this this crew, he's kind of like the like one of those people almost like DJ Quick, like one of those people who like really paved the way for a lot of people and then they all just passed him. Okay. So like um I can see so that. so King T did like a lot, you know, he's one of the original like folks that was like banging on wax, that was all you know from Compton. Um he was actually the original first artist that was supposed to be on Aftermath when Aftermath oh, really? okay. when Aftermath just shit the bed, right? Mm-hmm. So been there, done that, all those records, uh, King T was on that, was on that project. King T was supposed to be the first out, artist to come out um, on on Aftermath. And then Dr. Dre found Eminem. Wait, and hold then, on. Hold on. I
1: have to ask you something. Mm-hmm. When did when did King T come out?
0: Like early nineties. Okay. All right, um, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so uh so he he's been like, you know, kinda in the background for a long time. He had a big song called like piano play, Oh, get played like a piano or something like that. That was like a, a big record in, in Cali. But anyway, um, so he was supposed to be the first artist to come out on aftermath. Um, and then, you know, after the aftermath compilation kind of flopped, um, Dre told him, and he's, he's done a bunch of interviews and talked about this. Dre kind of told him, yo, I really, really want to put your music out. Can you sit tight? And he was like, okay, I'm sitting tight. I'm, I'm, I'm really antsy. I want I want to put my music out. And then Dre's like, yo, you know, can you sit tight? And so he's like, because him and Dre were cool, he said, yo, man, can you just give me my walking papers and let me bounce? Mm-hmm. Um, because at the time, Dre had just discovered M. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to kind of use M to get his aftermath situation right, and then put King T out after, which you know, makes
1: sense from a business standpoint. Right, if from a business. If you're but, King think, but if you're King
0: T, you're like, I've been, I've been riding with you from the beginning. Like, why do I eat? have to wait for this guy, right? <laughs> so he said he calls it like the biggest mistake of his life or whatever, but he finally gets all the paperwork done to leave. And then Eminem comes out and he's huge. And then mm-hmm. Aftermath is like one of the biggest like, yeah. record labels. So unfortunately, you know, he again, builds the foundation for all of this great stuff and then he doesn't benefit from it. Um, similarly, you know, Exhibit goes on to have a Hollywood career, you know, um, even the the Licks, like they, you know, they come back out, they get a song called Best You Can with, um, with the Neptunes producing it and the mm-hmm. Neptunes heyday. So they kind of have a little baby resurgence as well. And King T is just kind of still in the background. Um, so I, I, I love King T. I, I think he's really dope. I love his voice. Um, and I like the fact that we get a posse cut here. E-Swift gets it's a, it's a beat. A good, it's a good posse cut. Yeah, E-Swift gets a beat. And it's like really, really in the vein of the Liquid crew. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, oh, uh, they have the skit at the beginning. There's a thousand people out there that are drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and then they all start spitting. So that's actually one of my favorite cuts on here. Okay. Um, and then another one of my favorite cuts we get is the next Giant
1: So this beat is amazing. Yes, um, it's a really good track. And
0: guess who produced it? Uh, Montage, Montage one. one. So he's a better producer
1: than he is a lyricist. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not as impressed with Montage One. And the reason yeah. why is because I would rather he
0: just be Inspector Deck. <laughs>
1: you talk the, about, you talk about you. how he sounds like he could be a Wu definitely It's it like, like I'm
0: listening to be this, man. and I'm just like, Yo, why aren't you Deck? Like, and, <laughs> and I think that's probably the reason why he made nobody sound like me because he sounds like the people on the song um nah,
1: but but here's the, but this song is amazing yes and
0: i think that this is
1: exhibit's best verse on this album yeah um talking about how he grew up talking about his
0: brother right it's
1: really it's really good yeah um
0: and then no. the solution could have been him right right, right. Yeah, uh, I like it's, how just, that ended. it's just a
1: good track it's a very very good way to um to close out the album. Yeah. Um, I'm looking here on Wikipedia. I see that there's another track on here which I, I haven't heard. Yeah, I've actually I, I never heard that song exactly. either. Um, so we'll just assume that the version. Recycled Assassins
0: um, is the way to close out. And I, yeah. I
1: like that concept of Recycled Assassins. Yeah. Especially with the
0: hook. Um, it's, it's just really, really, really good. Yeah. I think so too. I mean, I, I think you you summed it up perfectly. Um, so other than saying that Montage was dope on here, <laughs> and his beat was dope. This, this beat um, definitely is dope. I, I wish we get, we got more Montage. Hopefully, you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe Maybe there's something out there that's unreleased that we'll get We'll we get some of his, his better records but uh but yeah I mean what do you think uh, overall as a piece of music so look overall this is a really good
1: piece of music I'm actually kind of I, like I said when when Los Angeles Times hit mm-hmm. and at this point I'm really feeling the album but yeah. then with Los Angeles Times hit I'm actually like beating myself up for not <laughs> hearing this back yeah and the day. Um, so I think that that's why I really appreciate you suggesting this album for me. I think it's a very good segment. This puts you up on segment. Um, Mm. it's very productive for me. I don't know about our listeners, but like, if you guys are a fan of, you know, the, 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 you know, music that came out from 1998, that era, but you haven't given this album a a chance. Listen to it. Um, you know, I'll Mm. be listening to to more from the liquid crew. In
0: fact, I have a question for you, Uh me listening to this, where should I go to next? Um, I would say two there's two albums that are I really love from these cats. Um I, I really like actually Tash's solo project. Okay. A lot of people haven't heard that, but um it E Swift does like almost all the beats and, okay. and it's incredible. Um I really like Loot Pack just because I get to hear Madlib in his like rawest form before mm-hmm. we before we get later. Is he Mad polished Lib, or is he like he's really raw. really rough around the edges okay. and like you know so it's like really dusty loops. Um Probably sounds a little and, bit like me when I started producing. Then, <laughs> yeah, you probably like it actually. <laughs> and then but the only thing about it is if you don't like rapidity rap like just rapping about rapping, don't do not listen to loop. Well, I I used to. I mean, yeah. that's how I used to rap yeah you know that, I mean? so you know the uh the mc's on there i mean it's just like the, i think the, their single was called when i'm on the mic and right. it was literally just them rapping about what right. they do when they're on the mic like i mean it was a really rapidy rap joint um the other thing is the unreleased um king t album okay i can send you a link to it do that. it's actually really really good stuff um okay. it's like all produced by dr dre and then mm. one song by D- dj quick it's wow. like it's incredible music and it's just like so it's like it's like a it's like a poor
1: man's biggie with dr Dre and dj quick no nah, I, I like it <laughs> though
0: look poor Dude, man's it's, biggie it's is great. better than yeah. anything i could do so and i mean i'll, I'll fuck with you it you know the, the, one of the things that you'll hear about people in cali like you know gang culture is very was very important in the 90s um and so there were certain people that we considered like like solid like OGs, Mm -hmm. like people that could move around anywhere in cali and like they're respected by everybody Mm -hmm. there's two people that come to mind when i think of that um that don't really get that much credit one of them is king t king t is like a general in in compton he's like an og everybody knows him and respects him the other is dub c believe it or not um and it was funny i actually heard mers say this in a um in an interview but uh you know he they were saying like who's your favorite artist whatever and he was like dub c is like somebody that's just so respected you never heard anybody say anything disrespectful about dub c like he he's just he's like that guy Mm -hmm. um but these are like glue guys that are solid and you you know they're not like snoop Dogg. they're not like names that everybody knows but um so yeah
1: i feel like most hip-hop heads should know who dub c is you think so
0: if I know who C is and I'm yeah, not into it, I the, just think that. So you know, going back to the reason why I, if, I if asked you know you to who Mac to this Ten is, album, you should know who C is. Yeah, a lot of people don't know who Mac Ten. Is. But they had, well, okay, but they had a lot of videos and Dub yeah. crip walking. Is like notorious. That's true. They did when it's, when when, it's, when they did the Up and Smoke tour, they did have him crip yeah. walking, and a it, lot of white people told me about that. They were like, it, oh my god, I saw him crip walking. It but crazy. here's the thing: it's not even that like he's a very good. <laughs> Tripwalker. he's just uh, so emphatic. No, 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 I'm not
1: knocking. There's yeah. like, there's like some trip walking that I've seen. is just like dope. He's just so emphatic, yeah. and he's so like
0: into it that it's just like, oh, like I love it. I just love the fact that they like they like clear out the whole stage, oh, and yeah. then he just does it in yes, like a vertical yes, line. Yes, like yes, 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 oh uh, Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So uh, so King T's album, um, he talks a lot about a lot of Compton shit, like street okay. shit. But it's it's just really dope, and I'll share it with you. Um, and I'll share it, folks with the listeners uh, on on the '80s Babies page. Okay. Um, but I think those two are like a lot of really good music there's a lot more that i think i, I sent you a text that was like 10 pages long that had all this shit okay. for you to listen to but yeah all right we'll have to get um, into that and but uh, yeah, i have you, to think of some things to, to put you up on yeah so you you got to put me up next but this is this is my my put me up right here uh, i think you know to just kind of bring it full circle like i always talk about the west coast bias mm-hmm. and i think that you know i think our discussion about nobody sound like me is actually a good kind of you know piggyback to, to to jump on in that like you know i think we as west coast hip-hop heads kind of had a little chip on our shoulder because we knew everything about new york like mm-hmm. like the first time i went to new york it was so funny because it was like i'm there with my dad and i'm just looking at street signs and i'm like oh that's queen's bridge <laughs> oh cool that's bed you know what i mean like I, like i felt like i knew new york city before i ever step foot there because i had you know studied and listened so to so saying, much east it, coast music basically as you're saying like
1: new york as far as hip-hop is is concerned is like how the rest of the world sees the united states like because Maybe. the rest of the world knows everything about the united states but yeah. the, the united states doesn't know shit about anybody else
0: right like like so it's like new york new york is like you know, and it's funny because I talk to folks uh, that are New Yorkers and, you know, they're like, yeah, I ain't listen to that shit. It was from Cali. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? So it's just like, for us, it's like we knew about all of our stuff and everybody else's stuff. We mm-hmm. felt like we needed to, though. I do think we have a lot of unconscious South bias, but we can talk about That's that fine. on a different. I think no, Cali. Is South bias or is it like. South, I said. Oh, bias. South bias. Yeah. And the oh, wait, South. Who, wait, who, who has the South bias? Cali, Cali hip hop fans. We, we We like the South or don't? Disliked for for many years. I think we yeah, did I think well, what we about like, o-
1: like DOC and Scarface. Like they they've always had respect. Those
0: were literally the only ones that we like listened to like that. And the reason we oh. got up on Scarface heavily actually was cause he did a song with Tupac. Okay. But um all I right. think I think there is some unconscious bias against the South from folks from California. Quit hating the South yo know, quit yeah, hating the South but because it took me a while to really get into like UGK and all it, that. It did me too. like I said yeah. I didn't
1: get into UGK until like two thousand and one, yeah, no two thousand and two, and my man Elgin, like we we would go out um, and partake in alcohol stuff. <laughs> right Basically, like when we would drink, when we would drink, that that was, those were like the soundtracks. It was yeah. like go go. It was mainly like Art, um, uh-huh. uh, excuse me, not Re. It was a Northeast uh-huh. Junkyard band. Uh, uh-huh. that was right around the time like when the dipper came out and stuff like that and then that it was uh three six and then it was ugk right like those were the that like that was my soundtrack for the summer of 2002. Uh-huh. heavily you know induced in alcohol uh and so that's when i started to understand the South.
0: yeah see but that's like way late too maybe well, yeah, maybe so what, what i'm saying is you know um, if, it's, if
1: it's timeless it don't matter you, you man. gotta
0: you gotta you you gotta acknowledge your biases i mm-hmm. think in cali we always had a chip on our shoulder but we kind of felt like we we were more knowledgeable hip-hop heads because we knew our stuff and we knew everybody else's stuff but i think our everybody else didn't necessarily include the south until later that's cool like the real south you know what i mean i got you so uh and but now yeah. the south is running
1: it so yeah yeah in terms of the sound yeah in terms of the sound like that trap stuff that trap is is definitely from the south so and like every, you know when you've got like cats in brooklyn saying mm. i got bras from bras in atlanta like right you know, that, you know like asap ferg is from where harlem like i mean yeah. he got that uh i'm on a new level like that's some. you know i love that track but yeah, I mean, the
0: southern sound is definitely running it yeah. but i mean with respect to our podcast and what we actually appreciate, I don't really care. That's fine. That's that's, fair. <laughs> nah, that's cool. Saying. That's cool. That's, that's cool. That's cool. Time. But uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you checking out the album. Course, Looking forward to listen to whatever you want me to listen to, and also you know, us trying to diversify and make sure that our show doesn't skew too far to one region. I yeah. know we did like a whole lot of New York hip hop albums. Did. We did. And we probably will continue to because of, you know, the time frame. Mm-hmm. But, the uh, but we definitely yeah. want to make sure we get some of the South in there. We get some of the California, the Midwest, definitely mm-hmm. we could do more of that. Uh, so I appreciate us doing this episode okay Uh,
1: before we peace out I just want to let y'all know that um, before this episode before we recorded this we actually had a conversation about season 7 of Game of Thrones so if you're into that (laughs) Uh, after the music stops, uh you'll probably hear some dialogue on that. So that's all I got to say.
0: For so for so Peace and blessing. Peace. The official representative, L-A-C. This is prophecy manifested by X to the Z. Victory, strike a B-boy stance and khaki pants. Never get along like red and black ants. Advance when you staring at this concrete that moves like liquid. Like a nigga without legs. I ain't trying to kick it too much to finish a minutes without enough
1: time. My mind only thing punchline. You probably think of the wrong kind. Cause if it's jokes, nigga, nope, Kinda of drop on your eyes, your ears, your nose, and your throat. I promote self-defense, not dollars
0: and cents. Kicking with scholars and pimps, you just the last part over the fence. Ass out in the open, while you was hoping that exhibit was second-rate. But I refuse to make just another record in the crate. I think not. Got beat pops I bring it to your house like Big Dot. Make sure you
1: keep your peace clean When I release steam Police crime scenes To kill the team Hit it, decapitate The bird chase Featherweight Critical thinking While you at water to con- Yeah, the reason why Oh, you're, is your joint going?
0: No, nah, I'm just not talking to
1: him Oh, there you go <laughs> Dude's snapping into, 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 into nothing Like it's gonna record <laughs> Now, All the right. reason why He's one of my favorite characters Is not because I like him, per se It's okay. just because that I think that when you look at his character there's a lot that you can learn as a as a human living in this world okay. there's a lot that you can learn about his character and his growth i guess like at where he's gone is this about made. the books
0: or is this about it's just about the show too th- on the show okay. it's
1: about the show too um because i don't know that they gave us,
0: i don't know that they gave us enough on the show from his character that i feel like i learned <gasps> that much about life
1: i so for me the, the three characters that I that I appreciate the most are Peter Baelish, Sansa Stark, and Theon Greyjoy. And the reason why I like these characters, I'll just start real quickly with Threon, Theon Greyjoy. The reason why I like them is just the idea of like having that. Identity crisis and that struggle, Oh between the two families. Yeah, and having it lead to a decision that which seems makes it looks like it makes absolute sense at the time, Mm -hmm. which is a really really horrible decision for him to make. But then you
0: mean to go to the Iron People?
1: No, well that. But then to go and try to sack Winterfell and then kill the two random farm boys. Right, right, right. A really, really, it seemed like a strategic decision to make, and actually, Mm -hmm. there's there's strong evidence in the book that suggests that. Theon Greyjoy actually is like a very strategic individual in terms of like actual battles. Like he's, he's actually pretty good, okay. but he's just generally life stupid. And mm-hmm. you know, to have someone make a really bad decision That comes from this identity crisis, and then just have it just lead to just worse and worse and worse and worse, and just just going continually bad. Like there's just a lot of valuable lessons to Mm. to learn, like about life. Like the idea, like there just there is no second chance for him. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. (laughs) For Sansa Stark, I I appreciate her character in this sense. I fucking hate her, by the way.
0: What? I hate Sansa Stark. Like like, that's my least favorite character. That's fine.
1: But what the reason why? What I love about her is the idea that you know she just has this fantasy idea of the world and the fact that you know the world really isn't like that it's just she's just been so coddled from her youth and she's been allowed to it's kind of like like the privileged mindset that she has and then when it just layer after layer just gets pulled back Mm -hmm. and she has to just understand and witness just how ugly the world is and mm-hmm. then you think it can't get any worse and it's like no it gets worse and worse and worse mm-hmm. and yet to have her like survive through all that for me is kind of like endearing i and thought that
0: they were building her into cersei 2.0 i look,
1: i'm not necessarily why i like these characters is mm-hmm. from what we saw from season one to season four from going from season five to what we've seen on that's why i think the writing of the show has just been kind of
0: right. hasn't been good enough for me mm-hmm. um
1: and what I wrote you on Facebook. you mean just
0: lately though, right? Like the I'm talking this about season season five, or?
1: season five through season six and season seven. Okay. Uh, and what I wrote on my Facebook post to give a gist was I said mm-hmm. I'm saying that what most people know is that you know those books. They haven't been necessarily written yet, so the writers are kind of going on their own. Right. But instead of trying to add to the nuance, which I get because it's a really large story and they kind of want to compact it and bring it back, It's one of the problems that people have with the first four seasons. Like the show was just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, yeah, the world was and they bad. need to kind of bring it back. I understand that, but instead of adding to the nuance, they basically kind of stopped the nuance and said, "Well, this is where these characters are. This is who the fans are rooting for. So mm-hmm. how can we make the 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 how can we make?" those characters win. Right. Like for example, when is the last time that a character that people really, really loved had something really, really awful happen to them? You have uh, Sansa's rape in season five. Right. And that's kind of it. Like, no one really cares about What about, Stark.
0: Uh, what about uh, Lady Tyrell? Um, she, even, she was... She I, I liked her. She was That's gangsta. fine. But the way she went out, it wasn't even all that tragic. She kind of went out on her own terms. What about the, um, the Dornish women? I, I was a fan of them as well. But they didn't even... You met them in season five right and nah, then you met them before
1: that right you met alaria sand in season four but yeah, you met the sand snakes in season five uh, okay. they hardly did they hardly developed their characters mm-hmm. and we don't even know where alaria we we haven't even seen yeah, we don't Ellaria. know if she's dead yeah, or not. We, yeah we don't even know so that doesn't really like the, i think like the most tragic thing that, that happened in this season mm-hmm. this happened recently since the rape of sansa stark mm-hmm. the most tragic thing was Daenerys losing her dragon the syrian like that's it whereas mm-hmm. you look at you look at season three Right in right. the red wedding, like that was oh, just shocking. That was shocking. crazy. That was, that was
0: one of the most epic moments of television, though. Like, but that was
1: shocking, and yeah, even, it was crazy. even when you look at the mountain versus the red viper, that was you know crazy. The dude, uh, my man, my man Ober Martell was holding it down, and he then all was, of a sudden, boom, bam. he just like.
0: I, my mouth was literally open. But that's, when what, that that's shit what I'm happened. saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And the even the show not going to do that. Even for me, right? The Ned Stark moment, like exactly that, that was just like I was like exactly I was like he's not going to die. How so is he so gonna... this is
1: actually what happened when I, right. I when I was watching that season of episode one or no, excuse me season for season one episode nine I think mm-hmm. like I'm watching this and I'm like wait he's not no he's not going to die right like, and I actually read ahead <laughs> in wiki I was like no there's no way he's going to die right, no right it was like when he gets are you serious like. Yeah. I've never seen this before, right? So, mm-hmm. they haven't really had any moments like that. That's and fair. Ola was telling me, he's like, oh, well, how could you predict that, you know, Sansa and Arya would team up on Littlefinger? And it was like, well, there's a lot of things going into it. But the biggest thing is that this show is, is it's all about fan service now. There's mm-hmm. no way that this show this show is going to put two beloved characters you know generally speaking sansa stark and Arya stark Mm -hmm. they're not going to reunite the stark sisters Mm -hmm. and then have them conspire against each other that's just not going to happen why not because the show hasn't been doing that in the last three seasons the show has been servicing the fans Mm. the show has been giving us things that we want i just think i think
0: i think think what you're saying is true but i don't think that's the reason why that isn't there like i think like i think they're trying to basically wrap up the show with a nice little that makes sense and i i
1: I completely get that what i'm telling you like as an audience member as Mm. i has how i've been watching the show Mm. like i see things for example Arya's Arya story arc right Mm. a lot of things don't really make sense the whole bravos thing was weird and in fairness is very weird in the books Mm -hmm. but at least like it's not over in the book so it's going someplace right in the books you continually excuse me in the show you routinely see her get her ass kicked she is getting her like the waif the other girl like is routinely just handing her her ass she's she is not the Mm -hmm. best faceless man um She's okay. She she she's getting better. But like she's a, a decent fighter, especially for her girl her size. She's definitely good, but mm. she is not like this beast of a person. She's ruthless and we've seen her be ruthless. Mm. But that doesn't necessarily mean we've seen her be skilled and overly masterful in the art of the faceless man nor have we seen her be a master swordsman. And yet, uh. you know, the 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 killing off the, the the phrase, I didn't necessarily get into that too much just because there's probably some there's probably some issues that I could take with it but generally speaking like it was it was cool it was fan services like I, I enjoyed it it was awesome seeing her spar with Brienne of Tarth right I mm. love that scene it was a but it makes no sense. Like, yeah. there's no way because that Arya Brienne has, Stark... Brienne has
0: literally just exactly. been doing that her entire life. Brienne
1: is one of the most formidable <laughs> fighters in Westeros, Right, terms. right. And Arya, like we said, the last time we saw her, was getting her ass handed to her. And so it was right. like, oh, whoa, well, she's been getting better. It's just like, we haven't where, really seen yeah. it. The, 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 the writers are banking on the audience to make that assumption, right. which I guess you could make. Yeah. But it's just kind of lazy. And yeah, I mean, I, it was I think, awesome.
0: It was great. I think it would have been better if it was something where, like we see that Brienne is the more skilled and more, you know, tenured fighter. Mm-hmm. But then like, because of the fact that Arya is trained with the faceless folks and stuff like that, she's craftier and she comes up with a crafty way to win. But instead it was like, she just happened to also be that good with yeah, a sword. like, like we it, don't uh, see yeah. her,
1: we never actually see her becoming a really good water dancer. It's all on the audience to make right. that assumption. And it's just like, I don't necessarily want to make that assumption. Right. And so, I look at this scene and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. But it was also like, I just don't buy
0: it. And Yo, once this, I had that mentality... By the way, the scene though where um, where she poisoned all the yeah, cats... Yeah, all the phrase, yeah. Yeah, that show was fire though. It was fire. Like yeah, I said, I could probably yeah, yeah, yeah. pick
1: it apart, but whatever yeah, like that, that scene didn't matter as much to me but the point is is that i clear i can clearly see there's evidence of a lot of fan service in the show wow. and because i can see that i now look at the situation between sansa Arya, and baelish and i know there's no way he's going to come out winning in this like there's just mm-hmm. no way mm-hmm. um i know that they're not going to pit the two stark sisters against each other and so like i already know what's going to happen
0: and then as for baelish I'm not gonna get- I think think they built that well though. I I think that they, you know, they gave you this whole deal where Arya came back and she, you know, she was kind of like, you know, it seems like you really wanna be the queen, you wanna be the lady so bad, X, Y, Z. And so like, there was kind of some tension there. Um, I thought it, it, you know, they did try to take it like all the way to the other side with the whole like, oh, now she's gonna team up with Baelish against Arya but um i didn't i don't think it was as predictable as you're making it sound
1: all right so one of the reasons why i kind of relaxed on the show a little bit um after season six and we've kind of had this conversation before but i was really really going at the writing in season five and season six and it sounds Mm -hmm. like i'm going at that now but i still enjoy the show like season five and season six i'm like yo, this shit is whack right and now after i've kind of talk to some other folks who perhaps don't understand the story as well as i do i'm like all right i could still enjoy great things about the show because there's a lot of good things to enjoy about the show yeah but the writing um i'm going to be honest about it i'm going to have my criticisms of the writing and i and, I, and i'm going to be fair mm. um i think that what i noticed at the end of season six was just how many people were just flat out incorrect about who john's parents were i mean people who mm-hmm. are like oh so robert baratheon is ned's father or excuse me is john's father oh uh ned stark is john's father and it's just like did you know yeah, oh, that yeah. the Mad King is John's father? It's like, wait, did you guys not? Oh, oh, um, uh, Liana isn't actually his mother. Like people were actually <laughs> saying these things to me and I'm like, wow. And so then I, I asked people, I said, okay, who was involved? Like what was the Red Wedding and who were the primary character, uh, primary characters involved in the Red Wedding and what were the motivations? And people really couldn't answer me that question. And what it taught me was that mm. this show is so big, it's so big mm. that, Unless you actually go back and look at some of the characters' backstories and really try to connect some of these things together, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of really intelligent viewers who are watching these things who are going to miss a lot of details. I mean, I know
0: I missed a lot of details. And that's fair.
1: And so, like, for example, right, Mm -hmm. um, and this is something that I I wrote on Facebook, Mm -hmm. the whole note that... Peter Baelish finds and then plans for Arya to find and then it into kind of like driving this wedge between the two sisters. Mm-hmm. That note is never actually sent to Winterfell. In fact, we see that note in season two when... Um, we see that note in season two when um, Rob and his mother are out in the field. Okay. Okay. So, once the thing is, once Catelyn leaves Winterfell, mm. she never comes back. She leaves in, at the beginning of season one. She never makes her way back to Winterfell. So, that note is not sent to Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a note that's sent to both Rob and C- Catelyn. And both of them are looking at that note like, oh, these are clearly the words of Cersei. Like, they're not stupid. Like, they understand that Cersei's being held under hostage. And yeah. no one's really tripping about it. Yet, Arya sees this and is putting all these things together that don't really make sense. Uh, and that note isn't even in Winterfell. Like, that note is somewhere else. So unless you're telling me that <laughs> that they've got this maester on camp, at camp who's just like, oh, we need this on mm-hmm. file. Let's send this back to fucking Winterfell. Like, I mean, I'm but, sorry. But, I don't, I don't buy that. Like, that's just not how it works.
0: I mean, if you, if you want to knit, like, there's easier knits, right? Like, it's like, like, you look at, you look at um, when Daenerys rides the dragon in to save you know john mm-hmm. snow or whatever it's just like oh the whole time lapse. it's like yeah, yeah you know yeah. this shit this shit took her like five exactly. minutes exactly and you're exactly like, you're like wait we we, we, we spent three seasons we- trying to get the distance that you know she's going now and
1: so the reason why the time things kind of bother me isn't right. necessarily because like I, I get it and i kind of roll my eyes about it but the reason why is because in season actually in the first four seasons the time thing actually mm-hmm. led to specific events. For example, the whole reason why we had the red wedding is because Robb Stark needs to cross the Twins, and in order to cross, he needs to cross the Twins fast so he can get to King's Landing and mm-hmm. save his father from from whatever, right? Right. Uh, and so, in order to cross, King, in order to cross the Twins, he needs to make a marriage pact with Walter Frey, mm-hmm. right? So then, like that's like in order to get the army that far up, like it, it needs to, you know, this is a, a huge story point, right? Right. right? Or Mo Kalen, for example, right? Uh Mo Kalen is a spot where uh, Ramsey Bolton takes Theon Greyjoy uh, to to try to convince the Greyjoys to 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 leave Mo Kalen. Um, to surrender Mok Kalen, he's gonna let them go back to the Iron Islands. Mm-hmm. And instead what Ramsey Bolton does after this, after they leave, is like he kills them all, right? Mm-hmm. But the reason why that Mo Kalen thing is so is so important is because if you're trying to move any army north from the Riverlands, to the north, right? They you could if you're an individual person, you could probably go around, but there's no way you can move an army. Like they have to go through Mo nah. And yet we never learn how Peter Baelish seizes Mo There's an nah. interaction when when Sansa Stark goes from Peter Baelish to the Boltons that like there's a mention of Mo but there's never any mention that, oh, now the Knights of the Veil vale are going to hold Mo Kaelin for, um, for the Boltons. Mm. And so, at season six, we see that, uh, we see Sansa have a conversation with Littlefinger and Littlefinger says, oh, I've got the Knights of the Veil vale at Mo Kaelin. Well, it's just like, Ramsey Bolton would know this, right. or there needs to be some kind of there needs to be some kind of acknowledgement that Ramsey, if, if the Knights of the Vale are there and Ramsey knows this, there needs to be some kind of acknowledgement that Ramsey believes that the Knights of the Vale are on his side. Mm-hmm. Like we don't see any scheming with oh, um, we'll draw, we'll draw. The, the king of the north and or excuse me we will draw Jon St- John Snow to the Winterfell and then we'll have the Knights of the Veil vale come up from the side like there's none of that right. so all of a sudden when the Knights of the Veil vale come Ramsey Bolton should think that oh maybe they're, they're on, on his side. side but like right. there's just there's just none of that and the mm-hmm. other thing too is if Sansa Stark has the Knights of the Veil vale, why isn't she telling Jon Snow <laughs> we, they tell us afterwards that oh uh, Jon Snow and Sansa don't trust each other. That's right. why she... T- so, okay, so she's going, she's going to sacrifice the wildlings. Okay, I get that. You, yeah. you don't care about the, the wildlings, but you care about the Northmen. You care about your brother. Right. And you're just going to let them go out into battle when you have this force right. that, if you had them, would really, really help your case. But the problem, though, is that if the Knights of the Vale come, the Boltons never leave Winterfell. They don't actually go outside the walls. And we are talking about an entirely different story. Mm. These things matter to somebody <laughs> like me. Right. Okay? so then, So then, like i'm looking at i'm looking at Littlefinger, and all the while like Littlefinger finger tell, is telling people that chaos is a ladder so what does he do he's putting forces pitting forces against each other right mm-hmm. he's putting the starks and the lannisters against each other so mm-hmm. that they can come into chaos and he can find his way to the top right yet somehow we're led to believe that he wants sansa stark to have control of the north which okay i get but then he's trying to force the situation we never actually see him force any situation before like he might suggest mm-hmm. something and then if somebody wants doesn't want to do it he'll either convince them slyly or he'll use their plan against them like that's mm-hmm. how little finger operates but yeah. isn't
0: isn't wasn't that the whole the whole thing supposed to be like you know like love makes you crazy and so he's in love with Sansa, and so that's why is he's he in trying love with Sansa? Her, if he's in love with situation. Sansa, the,
1: if he's in love with Sansa, then why did he give her away to the boltons that doesn't make yeah, sense no, I,
0: but but right? I, I think and and, and they they kind of give you that right she says she says you know, in his own strange way, I think he really loved me. Like after, he's already fucking dead. <laughs> that's that's how the writers can explain it. I'm sorry, but that's just not like I just don't I just don't buy these things. And so yeah. my biggest
1: issue with Peter Baelish wasn't that he got got. Like I, think I don't he, mind. I think that.
0: he actually did love her though. I think that he. I think that the thing that makes Baelish Baelish is that he's incapable of loving anyone more than he loves himself, right? So, like, he put Sansa out there because that he was saving his own ass. You know, he was doing something for himself. But I I think that he actually is a pedophile and he's in love with her. (laughs) I I just don't... I think that, like...
1: I just think if that's the case, I don't understand why he gives her away to the Boltons. Like, that Uh just kind of... That's counter to that. Like, it just... It contradicts that. Um, And so, for me, I'm still going... Excuse me, I'm still thinking about Littlefinger from you know Littlefinger I know from the first four seasons. The guy mm-hmm. is very manip- manipulative, yeah. and he's he's very savvy. Mm-hmm. You know, he understands like how people work, um, and he uses that to his advantage. And so people are like, oh, he didn't account for Arya Stark. Oh, he didn't account for Bran. But
0: <laughs> my
1: whole thing is it's like, Bran. That's true though. That's fine, right? And, yeah. and and Bran is like a Deus ex Machina of a character because no one can account for him. He's like yeah. a fucking wild card, right? And he like fine. did it.
0: He didn't do shit for like three seasons, and then all of a sudden now he's like. Perfect. that's fine i don't mind that but what
1: <laughs> no one has been able to explain to me is why exactly he's so obsessed with the north right Who? like why Balish is obsessed with the north and people are like oh well if mm. he has the north then he has power but it's just mm. like this is but that's not how Balish thinks right, right. because Balish would understand that you've got the white walker threat to the north of mm. which he wants no part right so if you have control of the north great is Balish um, familiar with the white walker he as we've seen on season six he's he's uh he's in the north and um, he's in the North and he hears like what Jon Snow is having right, to say, right? Right, right? So he's familiar with the White Walkers, right? Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, Jon, so then Jon Snow leaves. Because a lot of people that heard that didn't believe Jon Snow, right?
1: Either way... Jon Snow is out on a a supposed suicide mission. So Mm Jon Snow is likely to die anyway, in in terms of if Peter Peter Baelish is looking at the pieces on the board, he's going to see that Jon Snow is likely to die anyway. If it were Baelish, instead of trying to drive this wedge between the Starks, what he should be doing is try to gather support for Sansa, but you never actually see him do that. Mm. The only time you see him conspire with anybody is when he's looking at the Maesters and he's trying to get the note that Arya dug up. But the Peter Baelish that we've come to know mm. would be trying to gather support for Sansa Stark, but we don't actually see that. Right. Um, the other thing too is we don't actually know why he would want the North because if he is if he knows about Daenerys if he knows about Daenerys Targaryen, right? He right. knows that she has two armies. She has the Unsullied and she has the. Um, Oh, what's the other army? Oh, she has the Darth Raki. Mm-hmm. Then she has three dragons. Then she has the support from Dorne, which doesn't make sense. I don't know yeah. why Elaria Sand would be the rule of Dorne. That makes no sense, but whatever. She has a support of Dorne. At least she has, she has the support at least of Elena Tyrell. Maybe there's some civil war factions going on there mm-hmm. but she has the support of Ly- uh, Elena tyrell and she has the support at least of a sizable faction of the Greyjoys. right peter baelish is going to know this Daenerys is no one to fuck with so people are like oh if he has a north that gets him closer to the throne but how like <laughs> it doesn't get him closer to the throne at all because he he's not going to be able to take Daenerys down mm-hmm. one and the other thing too is that the northern men like the northmen like they they they're not going to follow anybody who is not a northerner mm-hmm. so the, peter baelish's only chance then is to then marry stand up, um sansa right, Stark, right. right stand
0: up sansa as his so uh, proxy
1: maybe he's gonna maybe he's going to marry sansa but even then like marrying sansa and becoming you know ruler of the north and perfect protector of the veil or whatever while robin aaron is still like you know in charge of the veil still lower the veil like that doesn't really get him any closer to the throne especially when the people in the north are trying to be independent like they have a king in the north they don't want to be part of the westeros so mm-hmm. all that's going to do is just invite confrontation with Daenerys, which he is going to lose mm-hmm. in my opinion the smarter play to go back to the veil where at least robin aaron is on your side right because he's got robin aaron in his pocket and then try to form alliances between the north uh and Daenerys get cersei out of there but while you're doing that try to get them to deplete as many forces as possible have them go fight that wild walker threat maybe she loses some dragons in the chaos maybe (laughs) you can then get closer right like Mm -hmm. these are better options like Mm -hmm. peter Bayliss is the type of person to look at the pieces on the board and and regardless of their position like if if someone puts a piece in a place that hurts his position he is then going to reevaluate his Mm -hmm. entire plan and say okay now how can i move forward that's Mm -hmm. the baelish that i've come to know and that's not the baelish that we saw in season six he's dead season
0: seven he did so all right we probably get to this uh anyway album discussion yeah so. Did you want to say anything to wrap this up? Because I'm just gonna no, record. it. This. this is just random. This is just <laughs> random dialogue. But right. we'll keep this in there. I'll, I'll edit all this. All right.